1: Lead, it's the, the lead play in our, in our offense.
2: Couple tackle, take the defensive end if he's over, and if he's back, he drives down the first man to inside.
3: Hold back to the camp, take the first man outside the arm, tackle. No one goes, you're right by the the right. YN has the linebacker taken out, that's inside, YN has the linebacker in, so this we we'll trying to get a seal here a
4: seal here and try to run this way Hey what's up guys Welcome to Packer's Total Access. my name is Clayton you can check us out on Packernet.com You can find me on Twitter at Packer's underscore access. I'm joined alongside the great Paul Bretel <laughs> from uh, Packer's Wire and Dairyland Express. YouTube extraordinaire, the whole nine yards, Paul. How's your day been, buddy?
0: Uh, it's been excellent. Rocking the rocking the Bucks gear today after the oh. big trade. So, but no, it's been a great day. I always look forward to our chats, Clayton. Absolutely. I'm I'm not a basketball fan per se.
4: I, I was when uh you know back in the nine. I'm dating myself now. Back in the '90s, I loved basketball. And football just kind of took over my life. But mm-hmm. I seen Twitter explode, so something important happened up there with those Bucks today. So <laughs> that's awesome. It's always uh. Now I see a little more excitement, you know, in the state mm-hmm. of Wisconsin, outside of the Packers for sure, which uh, Jordan Love, man, I'll tell you, you talk about excitement. Um, we we kind of talked about it, you know, over and over, Paul, we were, you know, you you were kind of talking about his ability to push the ball down the field and choosing the right times to do that. And man, I, we're already off cuff. Let's just roll with it.
0: Let's I'm it. so
4: surprised like that. He's only through one interception. I expected it to be a little rockier than that. What What do you think, man?
0: Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree with that. But it's, you know, it's the decision making. And, you know, he's, although the accuracy is still something that has to be ironed out, you know, he doesn't necessarily put the ball in harm's way either, if that makes sense. You know, there's balls that can be placed better, but it's not necessarily, you know, where the defender can make an easy play on it. So just been really impressed with that aspect of it, because obviously assume with young quarterbacks or inexperienced quarterbacks that that uh, ability to take care of the ball is going to be, you know, an issue for him. But you know, just going back to Sunday's game, watching that unfold, I was just, and it was, it was like two hours after, and I was driving home from the stadium. And I was still like just thinking about what we just saw because that was uh, that was that was just such a gamer moment for him. That was like, you know, if the Bears game was, we saw how that all unfolded. You're like, all right, the pieces of the puzzle are here this guy has what it takes to go out and win some games. Now he just has to do it, put it together consistently. What we saw in that fourth quarter was, oh man, he's, he's the dude. He's that guy right now because it just, you know, his, his raw numbers, you know, I think he was seven for 18 in the fourth quarter. Like, you know, those aren't going to jump off this, the screen at you, but when a play had to be made, Jordan Love made the play, you know, the saints did a really good job all game playing physical, contesting the Packers uh, receivers uh, that created a lot of issues with some of the uh, catches for the Packers receivers, but he put the ball absolutely where it needed to be. Where the Saints, in some instances, didn't even have an opportunity to make a play on the ball. When uh, you know he had to pick up yards with his legs, when he had to extend plays, when he had to go off script. It was crunch time; a play had to be made. He did it. You know that uh, fourth and one run from the from the goal line, like. That's the Mario Davis he's one on one with. That's a pole Bowl linebacker. Yes. That's one of the best at that position group, and he finds a way into the end zone, the two point conversion. And I'm sure many saw Dan Orlovsky's take and breakdown of it, but you know the initial read's not there. He sprints right, and then all of a sudden just whips his head back left and fires the ball to two right. It's like he had eyes in the back of his head. I mean, yeah. just so many like you know big boy type plays in crucial moments. Just incredibly impressed by what he did in that fourth quarter and just goes to show the the ceiling that he has, you know, we yeah. still got to figure out, you know, where the floor is going to be, <laughs> right. but we, you know, and the floor I think is we've already seen it's a lot higher than maybe what many anticipated it being, but the ceiling, that was a glimpse into what that could be.
4: Yeah, no doubt. And Man, when I did – that was my favorite Chalk Talk episode. I I went back and broke down the tape. I narrowed it down to 20 plays and then tried to carve it down to like 16 plays. And that fourth quarter, it was just like he came alive. And, and, you know, we – I don't – I feel – it feels blasphemous to say it like this. But I feel like we haven't had that in a long time because Aaron was so protective of the football, right? And it was just like Mm – and you know, you've seen it against the 49ers in the NFC championship, you know, just kind of trying to play within the the scheme a little bit and not really go off cuff like a young Aaron Rodgers did. Granted, I'm 40 years old, 41 now. I understand what it what it what they mean now when the legs go. I got it now. I <laughs> understand. But to see Jordan and not only on that big scramble to uh, to kind of get him down the field during the fourth quarter, but the way that when he when he broke out of the pocket in the left end, the left edge, whatever from the offense's perspective kind of slips. It looks like he smacked him in the helmet. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, he just played with attitude. It was awesome. The read, the the RPR down there, like you said, faking out Davis. And leading up to that game all week long, Paul, we we pointed out, got to watch Granderson, right? Got to watch Cam mm-hmm. Jordan. Got to watch Davis. Obviously, Lattimore. And everything you just outlined in that little sequence of plays, he beat Davis one-on-one, right? He hit Torre, who was being covered by Latimer on that play. Mm -hmm. It was just like it wasn't enough. One, it was absolutely awesome, and it was it felt like going back and watching September twentieth, nineteen ninety two. It really did, man. Just (laughs) you see a guy who struggled for three quarters, and like Steve Mariucci said on the old NFL Films coverage of it, he said he came out in the last two drives and just just you know threw two of the prettiest balls you ever seen. It was just like he just instincts took over. So. I'm yeah, trying you'll... not to get too excited, but it's hard not to after a comeback like that. What what was the press box like? I need to ask you this: did they did they keep the rules intact, or were people going nuts a little bit?
0: No, no, no. Everyone was uh, very professional, low key up there, just watching the game unfold. But uh, yeah, it, incredible to watch live. And I have to say too, the when the announcement early on or before the game, Jordan Love comes out the tunnel. Yeah, I got I got goosebumps thinking about it right now because the pop from the crowd when they announced his name because it's obviously this is year four for him. He's gotten a few starts here and there. We're now three weeks into the NFL season, and that's his first time being able to run out of the tunnel as the guy. Like, it just – even even in waiting the three years and then even in the NFL season, like it made him wait for the, as long as possible. So yeah. I just thought that was a really, really cool reaction. And, you know, he talked about what that moment meant to him afterwards and said, you know, I've been waiting for that for a long time. So very, very cool. Obviously a rough three quarters, but man, just the resiliency. And I know Matt LaFleur used that term, but think of not just in that game, but after what happened in the Atlanta game in the fourth quarter, having to sit on that all week. And then the yeah. offense in particular comes out, pretty much just dead yeah. and just mistake after mistake after mistake for three quarters. And then just being able to flip the the switch like that and turn it around. Like none of that ever happened. Like, you know, Adam, Adam Stenovic was asked that this week. Like, is that a benefit to youth? You know what I mean? Like there's no scars. There's no, yeah. there's no past experiences that said, Hey, we're not supposed to be coming back right now. Like, it's just, what's the next play? What's the next play? Keep dropping wood. You know what I mean? And this, that's what they did, and just incredibly impressive from that team. Yeah, I don't want to, but
4: we're going to turn the page. I, I want to stay in this moment forever. Really yeah, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Lions game coming up. Now, obviously, we got some injury news that dropped today. Seemed like we got several people that were ruled out. Um, you know, what's your initial takeaway when it comes to the injury updates going into a tomorrow night's matchup there against Detroit?
0: Yeah. So I'm going to kind of go through it by position group since we seem to have a couple doubling up there. And I'm going to start with the offensive tackle. So as we all know, Bakhtiari's is out. Zach Tom's questionable. Like the depth of this offensive tackle position is the strength of this team. But yeah. man, if Zach Tom can't go, it's going to be put to the test. So we know Rasheed Walker is going to be at left tackle. If Tom can't go, Yash Nyman will be at the right side. And all of a sudden, Caleb Jones who is a healthy scratch week one and week two is now your swing tackle. Like he's use your first tackle off the bench if you know, hopefully not, but obviously if something were to happen, you know, he's the next guy coming in. So just goes to show where they're potentially going to be at from a depth standpoint. And, you know, they're going against Aiden Hutchinson. He's been one of the best edge rushers for pro- productivity wise in football through three games this season. He, uh, you know, was a force last season in week 18 had a big impact on that game. Like he's a game wrecker. He's a field tilter. He's someone that can take over and destroy drives and make life very difficult for this Packers team. You know, Adam Stenovich mentioned too that they're moving him around a lot more. You know, he's switched not just from right to left side, but he's lining up inside as well. So, you know, that Josh Myers Royce Newman combo on the left side there, you know, if it's an obvious passing situation Look, I look to look if Hutchinson's going to be standing up inside. It's something that they have done so far this season. So, that's going to be such a huge matchup. Whether it's Walker and Hutchinson, Nyman versus Yashins, uh, Hutchinson, or if hopefully Tom plays, but all of a sudden that depth's being put to the test, and it's really going to be put to the test with Aiden Hutchinson uh, across from that Packers offensive line and the pass protection this season. Like it's been so good so far. You know the big a big aspect of that fourth quarter comeback was because Love had time. You know, going back to that two point conversion, Matt Lafleur said, "wasn't I wasn't a fan of the play call. Uh, the execution of it from the get go was not how we practiced it. But at the end of the at the end of the day, I had, tr- I had faith in my quarterback, and I had faith in the offensive line to give him the time that he needs to." Uh, you know, go off script if needed. And that's exactly what ended up having to happen. So that offensive line and pass protection has been huge, but this is going to be a really tough test for them. And As we all know, you know, quarterbacks need time in the pocket to, you know, survey the field, go through their progressions and all that stuff. Um, One other tangent, I'm going to go on here quick. Jordan loves ability to navigate the pocket, like that internal clock to just feel pressure. It's so good. And that just feels like something that has to come from experience. Um, which obviously doesn't have a ton of in game in the NFL, but he's so good about that. Um, just that feeling, it's like a sixth sense for him and knowing where to navigate. And for a young quarterback, it's not his first instinct oh, there's pressure here. I got to bail and go. Like he's just looking to move around. He's still looking to move the ball downfield. So yeah. just a, another really, really impressive aspect about his game. So that's the offensive line cornerback position, Valentine and uh, Jair Alexander, both questionable. You know, what we got to watch for here is the practice squad elevations because there's only four health, four cornerbacks, I should say, on the 53 man. And if both of those guys are out, Corey Ballantyne and Keandre Thomas are going to be the two elevations. So that's going to tell us right away kind of what the status of those guys are. So keep our eyes out for that. Uh, of course, the Lions at receiver have Ross, a Monrose brown plays a lot of his snaps from the slot, but he'll play on the boundary as well. And then there are uh, two boundary receivers. You know, they have the ability to stretch the field as well. So keep our eyes on that. And then um, who else have we got here? Oh, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, of course. So definitely seems optimistic around that based on the locker room chatter from Wednesday. Romeo Dobbs words were three, three is going to be on the field. Christian Watson said the plan is to play. Of course, Matt LaFleur threw some uh, cold water on that, (laughs) saying that neither have been cleared yet. But it sounds like it's optimistic that they're going to be out there. And, of course, Aaron Jones, and I won't get too much into the run game because we'll touch on that here in a bit. But incredibly important to this team, also his ability to impact the passing game. And the Lions have struggled uh, defending running backs out of the backfield in the passing game this season. Christian Watson, we all know the speed that he brings, but I always circle back to Matt LaFleur's comments. He said it over the summer and he said it again this week, um, talking about Watson's intelligence and his ability to go in there and fill whatever roles needed. You know, one receiver needs a break, Watson's in, he'll fill that role and he'll just bounce around, you know, from inside to outside, you know, attacking all parts of the field. So just having that versatility, that ability, and then that speed on top of it. Obviously, just brings a, a new or a different playmaking element to this Packers offense. And there has been some inconsistency at the receiver position. So getting back, you know, your most along with Dobbs, your most experienced player, obviously, hopefully that helps provide some stability as well. Because if there's a part of this Lions defense that you, you want to attack, it's going to be the cornerbacks. Um, and again, that's also a compliment to just how good that unit is as a whole. Cause it's not as if they're going up against a bad group of cornerbacks, but that's the part of the defense that you are going to want to be able to attack. And obviously having Watson helps with that. Yeah, definitely.
4: And you know, one of the things that, that kind of stood out to me too, is the offense kind of came alive when they had to go up tempo, right? I mean, mm-hmm. your backs are against the wall. And immediately I, I go back to the play callers podcast and I remember the turbo package that Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan installed in Atlanta. And then of course when Matt LaFleur um, or when Kyle Shanahan goes to the San Francisco 49ers, Matt LaFleur goes to the LA Rams, he's the OC for Sean McVay, they broke out the turbo package for Jerry Goff there and they said it really unlocked Jerry Goff. It, he he played better like that, you know. And in the back of my mind I'm going, I wonder, I just wonder if they might try to go a little up tempo and and do something like that. But kind of leads me into the next question I got for you offensively here, Paul, against the lines. Um, what do you think it's going to take for the Packers offense to succeed against Detroit? Maybe if you want to get into, you know, some X's and O's, maybe some uh, strategic, you know, aspect of the game, that's cool. But what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think, okay, here's what the Packers offense needs to do to pull off this upset win against Detroit?
0: Starts with the run game. I mean – the Packers have struggled in that capacity, and the Lions have been really, really good against it. The Lions' defense is allowing three point two yards per rush. The Atlanta Falcons, Bijan Robinson, you know that team that ran for two hundred against Green Bay, yeah, he was held to three point three yards per rush this past Sunday. Like they did a tremendous job. Uh, Adam Stenevich compared the the Lions' structure. Of their defense and how they defend the run, similarly to what the Packers just went up against uh, with New Orleans, said the interior defenders are really, really good at using their hands to get off blocks. Linebackers are super aggressive, so Packers are going to have to find a way to have some sort of success in that capacity. And the thing, you know, even if it's not picking up, you know, four and a half, five yards per rush, at, at least sticking to it, which they've done a pretty good job of this season, because. If, even if you're not finding success you can still do a little bit of the dictating if the defense thinks you're going to run in a situation you might not be picking up six seven yards but if it's you know third and three and they know that you could be willing to run in that situation that that's at least going to have some sort of effect on them so going to be really important that they get that going because if they don't you know we've talked about it on here before all of a sudden you're in you know, second and long, third and longs. And that's a lot of what this offense ran into in that fourth quarter against Atlanta. It was one of the things that made moving the ball for them really difficult. And we just talked about Aiden Hutchinson. You got Aiden Hutchinson in obvious passing situations when he can pin his ears back and just tee off potentially against, you know, the left side of your interior line, potentially against Josh Nyman. If Zach Tom can't go like that's just you know goes without saying that's not going to be a recipe for success for Jordan Love for this young offense. So have to find a way to get some sort of, you know, consistency on the ground game and it's not going to come easy. And that's what I referenced earlier. And as we all know, getting Aaron Jones back will at least help in that capacity because look at week one and not, you know, the bears defensive front is not the Lions' defensive front Lions' defensive front is way better, but it's also not as if the passive line that week was carving up these huge running lanes for Aaron Jones to take advantage of like the blocking, you know, has not been there for really the entire season, but we saw Jones's ability in the run game to create opportunities for himself. And not just in that game, we've seen that throughout his, his time here with the green Bay Packers. So just having that more dynamic element is going to be really, really important. Um, so for me on the offensive side of the ball, it all starts with the, the run game and finding some sort of success with it.
4: Yeah. And, when when I turn on the tape there with that Detroit Falcons game, um, they were loading the box like crazy, and you know according to PFF, you know take it with a grain of salt. Um, their linebackers grade out kind of low, right? And kind of kind of makes me want to think. Okay, let's try to stay in eleven personnel, and if they load the box, great. Maybe we break out the RPO game a little bit, but you got to be careful because when we broke out the RPO game in both games last year. They really sugared Aaron Rodgers to death. I mean, they would show blitz, drop back in the zone, and and that's how you end up hitting hitting a defender right in the forehead with the football inside the five. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, it's just gonna be it's gonna be a nice little chess match, man. I'm excited to see how all that unfolds. And kudos to Jerry Goff, man. He's uh, he's definitely turned it on. You know, he's he's proven to be a uh, mm-hmm. a successful quarterback here in the National Football League. You know, last year's uh, success that you started to see toward the end of the year. It's really started to carry over. There's no doubt about that. Um, As far as the Packers defense, Paul, what do you think might be the keys to that? You know, because when you look at it, to me, you know, Montgomery's banged up with a thigh injury. um, But even if he plays, he's not grading out well at all. The running game seems to be struggling, if I'm understanding correctly. But the passing game is alive and well, especially with uh, Sam Laporta, too. So um, what do you think would be the keys on defense for the Packers? To, uh, to kind of come out victorious, Where, how do you how do you see that playing out?
0: Yeah, so I've had two things come to mind. One is going to be the Lions' run game because it hasn't been overly efficient, um, but they they stick to it, and that's what they want to do. Um, they're seventh right now in rush attempts per game. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is averaging four point six yards per rush. He's been one of the best this season in yards after contact, and even David Montgomery, he's been really good at breaking tackles. Gotcha. Um, so the Lions. They want to run the ball because of, off of that they do play action, and Jared Goff off of play action has been really, really good, really, really efficient this season. And that's when this Lions team is taking their shots downfield. So uh, finding success, slowing their run game, and you know opposite opposite side of things of what we just talked through with the Packers, if they can slow them up, that's going to put the Lions in more predictable passing situations, allow the Packers its pass rush, which is the strength of that unit to get after Jared Goff, because that's the other big key to this game. Like, if they're not able to pressure Jared Goff, if he has time in the pocket, you know, he's so good that, in that. You know, he's he's accurate. He's able to pick apart defenses when he has time. So slowing the run and also pressuring Goff, getting him off his spot, um, disrupting, making him move around. Like, that's how you have to slow this Lions passing game. And, you know, we mentioned the big playability that they have on the outside. Then Amon Ross, St. Brown you know, in the slot, incredibly efficient. You know, he's targeted most often, you know, five, seven, eight yards from the line of scrimmage, get him the ball in space, let him pick up yards after the catch. So, uh, you know, at least up and you know, we haven't seen otherwise to say that Jair is going to play inside if he's available. So a lot of those responsibilities might end up falling on Keyshawn Nixon. So, um, you know, from the linebacker position, and Devondre Campbell's out. So it's going to be important that, you know, in the middle of the field, the linebackers are muddying things up. The safety's over the top, providing some help in that capacity, again, just to limit St. Brown's ability with the ball in his hand. So, yeah, that that was one I missed earlier when we were going through the injuries. Uh, Devondre yeah. Campbell's going to be out. So, obviously, a big impact there. We saw on Sunday that Isaiah McDuffie handled a lot of the responsibilities and some more um, obvious running situations. We saw Eric Wilson in the mix there as well. and. As far as to get into the weeds a little bit, if we want to talk practice squad elevations, if both of them aren't going to cornerback, you know something to watch is Christian Welch, who the Packers uh, signed after uh, initial roster cutdowns. He has almost 900 career special team snaps in his career with Baltimore, so he's not if he if he's called up, he's not there to be on the defensive side of the ball. But Wilson and McDuffie are core special teams players, and obviously, if now you're expecting them to play all the special team snaps and McDuffie, especially a large portion of the defensive snaps, like that can wear them down. So perhaps Welch could be someone to give Wilson or McDuffie a little reprieve from a special teams standpoint of things. But, and also without Devondre Campbell, they only do have three inside linebackers on the 53. So not exactly a ton of guys there anyways. So just something additional to keep our eyes on, but going back to the the Lions offense, Again, slowing the run, putting them in obvious passing situations, and they have to find a way to disrupt Jared Goff because if he has time to sit back there, go through his reads, you know we've seen it from him. He can, he he can, or he is a very, very good quarterback when given those opportunities.
4: Yeah, definitely. And really, when you look at their offensive line across the board, um, you know outside of Panay and and Ragnar, you know they're, I don't want to say mediocre, but they're starting caliber when you look at the PFF grades. I mean, left tackle is grading out twenty second. Uh, the uh, left guard Jackson grading out 16th, obviously Ragnow third in the entire national football league amongst centers um, Glasgow 20th and then Panay Sewell 13th. And when you look at the weapons, like you said, you know, I'm on say uh, Ross St. Brown, obviously we know what we got there. He's grading out as the 14th highest wide receiver in the league. Sam Laporta is the mm-hmm. third highest graded tight end. And then Josh Reynolds is one that's really been a pleasant surprise for them. You know, um, stepping up his overall grade. I think he's grading out 31st uh, in the entire national football league. So kind of that starting caliber, if you will, grade out at 71.5 right now, man, it's uh, this is going to be the biggest test yet. I know we said that, you know, going into Atlanta, we said that right. And then going mm-hmm. into last week, it's like, okay, now this is the biggest test. This is the real test, right? Because this was everybody's darling pick to win the NFC North. Obviously, you know, technically right now the Packers are in first place, but we got a ways to go, and uh, I think it's going to be a hard-hitting game. I think it's going to be a, a good kind of a launch into a—I don't want to say a new rivalry. They've been playing you know against each other for so long, but it just feels like that rivalry has really been renewed, maybe since maybe since the Barry Sanders days, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we we know watching this Dan Campbell Lions team, like they play for sixty minutes, like they go hard for. You know, the entire game, but going back to what we saw from the Packers on Sunday, again, that that youthfulness they got, like they're going to they're going to play hard as well. So it's going to be a really exciting matchup. And, you know, this probably is going to be, you know, if we I don't have the Packers schedule memorized, but this is going to be one of their like you know unless there's some surprises down the road. It's going to be one of their more challenging matchups that they have this season.
4: Yeah, no doubt about it. And the weather they're calling for clear, right? It's going to be pretty, pretty nice weather. No rain in the forecast. Am I thinking right, Paul?
0: I haven't looked that far ahead.
4: <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I think the kickoff forecast is 60 degrees, broken clouds. So should uh should be a nice night for football, man, for sure. Anything else you want to add that we might not have covered? Anything that first thing that comes to mind, hey, we may be overlooking this when it comes to this game. Do you think we hit on it pretty well?
1: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only? Exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones, and to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
3: Have you ever experienced turbulence on a flight and wondered why?
1: And you can see all the terrain around you. Uh, You've got no issue with visibility or anything? No, everything's peachy.
3: Maybe you've sat on the tarmac for hours wondering why your plane isn't moving.
0: Well, we're outside here. They're saying the ramp is closed. They won't let us park because of the uh, Air Force Walk.
3: Listen in on the
1: conversations between pilots and air traffic controllers on the Air Traffic Out of Control podcast.
2: 512 is declaring an emergency. There's smoke in the cabin. I need to make a landing right now on 31 one
3: We have the most interesting, wild and funny ATC recordings you will ever hear. Check out Air Traffic Out of Control
1: wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
0: Now, I, those are my big things. And again, it's not, on. you know, it's football. Games are won and lost in the trenches. But for me, the, the big thing is the run side, the run game on both sides, especially because they're, you know, the weaker points of this Packers team. They haven't been able to get it going on offense. Um, we saw against Atlanta, it's still, you know, <laughs> it's still a part of that defense that, you know, runs into struggles and so i think that's where a lot of the success and or failures that they have in this game are, are going to start for them
4: well i'll tell you you never struggle when it comes to covering the packers buddy and <laughs> we appreciate you uh more than you know and uh, guys make sure you go check him out guys and gals uh, you can follow him at paul underscore brettle like I said he writes at packers wire and Dairyland express paul can't thank you enough man this was short notice on a short week i know you've got a, a busy schedule ahead of you're going to be going to be a late night tomorrow right Oh, they always are, but when trade it for the world. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Hey, we appreciate you. We appreciate the joy you bring. And it's just so uh so awesome having somebody plugged in that, that roots for the Packers and um you can just sell you, you uh you bleed green and gold, man, and we appreciate it.
0: Hey, appreciate you, Clayton. Take care.
4: Take care, buddy. Have a good night. And again, that was Paul Bretle, uh the great Paul Bretle, man so much uh so many nuggets there Jacob it went in multiple directions that I didn't expect because that's just how Paul is how you doing buddy
3: I'm good yeah man I always love talking to Paul or listening to Paul I wish I had a couple yeah. questions for him I wish I would have told him but uh
4: gotcha all right we got John Benson in the chat thank you for the super chat. And look at this. Look at this. We got Tim on camera, Jacob.
2: What's happening, this. guys? My man what? digging the setup, bro. Can, can, can you hear me? Do I sound all right? No, you sound good,
4: man. You kidding me? You all got right. that very right. cool, cool. white voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so John Benson here with the super chat. He says, Sea dog, I like it. All right. Uh, you the man, appreciate that too. Musgrave has a great skill set. Is it just me, or do you get scared? He will stumble and possibly fumble every time he has a running catch. I will tell you this, man. He kind of has that little bit of a Bambi effect out there uh, at the moment, don't he, Jacob? It seems like every time he's running wide open, or what I refer to as butt naked through the trailer park, he uh, he loses his footing pretty easy, doesn't he?
3: Yeah, he seems a little excited, but I think that's going to – he's going to get his legs under him. He looks like a, yeah, like a baby giraffe, just kind of newborn baby giraffe, just trying to get his legs. Yeah,
4: no doubt, no doubt, John. We appreciate the uh, the super chat there, buddy. I like Musgrave. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that because when I went back and watched the college tape when they first drafted him, one of the notes I had was he had he has great body control. <laughs> like there were so <laughs> many times he was he would make catches in traffic, and he and it was like he could absorb the hit. He knew exactly where the defense was. He just had great control, and uh, then he gets to the to to the NFL and like I said, running open down the field and he's, he's stumbling. So, um, it's a whole different ball game though. When you're out there in front of that, that pro crowd, there's no doubt about that. Um, all right, let's do this fellas. Let's, uh, let's hit on again, John, thank you for the super chat, pal. Let's hit on some of the, uh, the injury news. Paul kind of hit on it a little bit. Actually, let me hide that. I'm just going to hit on Matt Schneidman's tweet here. And this is, uh, Pretty much sums up everything you need to know. Paul kind of scattered it throughout um, his uh, conversation there when when talking about the keys to the offense and defense. But uh, from Matt Schneiman, Packers injury report for tomorrow versus the Lions. Already ruled out, left tackle David Bakhtiari, linebacker Devondre Campbell, left guard Elton Jenkins, and safety Zane Anderson. Questionable Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, Jair Alexander, Zach Tom, and Carrington Valentine. i seen a question posed on Twitter. It might have been Ryan that asked this. Jacob, I'm going to fire away at you first. If you could only pick two of those questionable off that questionable list, which two players would you pick, Jacob, to play tomorrow? Jones and Tom. Jones and Tom. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I, th- I think that would be my picks as well. Uh, how, how do you see that, Tim? Who would be your two that you would pick? I thought that was a fascinating question.
2: Yeah, I would I would agree with you guys. I mean, if I wanted to be different, I would say Scoot and Jair, but my gut's telling me uh, we need Zach Tom and Aaron Jones probably the most in this yeah, situation. And,
4: and, you know, yeah, Detroit has a passing attack, right? And you obviously would want Jair Alexander on the field. But the defense, you know, they kind of held their own last week without him, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I think Aaron Jones is just the key that unlocks this offense, man. There's There's just no two ways about it for sure. Um, man, Bach, it's uh, looking at that again. That's tough. I don't know. I, it it kind of feels like, and I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, not that it's going to surprise anybody, but starting to feel like the end might be near for old uh, David Bach Tiari, dude. It it sucks, man, because it sounds like he went out there and played in Chicago. You've seen the antics he had on the field, having fun, you know, doing the centerfold pose, laying on the field and then flipping the crowd off. It's like Bach is back. Evidently, that thing blimped right up on the uh, on the flight home, but uh, it's tough, man. And let's hope Rasheed Walker, you know, can fill that that space when the time comes. But um, as far as Aiden Hutchinson, one of the things that that Paul Brittle said, Jacob, was they're moving Aiden Hutchinson around a lot more, and I've seen a little bit of it on the tape. Um, you know, it sounds like he might have kind of that Zadarius Smith role, right, where you're going to come up and mug that a gap occasionally. Um, how do you feel about you know, if Zach Tom can't go, I mean, you're throwing Yash in there, right? And Aiden absolutely abused him last year. It's going to be quick pass game and try to get the run game going as soon as possible. Like Paul was saying, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the, that's the big what if and the worst case scenario, in my opinion, I actually did watch Paul Brettel. He was with Andy Herman today on Andy Herman's podcast. And he did talk about that kind of in a nutshell, basically saying, um, can we stop Aiden Hutchinson? I, I didn't realize this. Aiden Hutchinson is ambidextrous. If you guys knew that, which as a pass rusher, that if you want to move him from side to side, that's pretty crazy. I, I never, uh, I didn't even know that's a big word. Ambidextrous. If it just means basically have no dominant hand. So you can kind of yeah. both hands, which it's cool. My little brother did that when I, when I was growing up, he could write with both hands. He could catch and throw with both hands. And luckily that's serial
4: killer stuff, bro. Is <laughs> weird. It's the
3: weirdest kind of thing ever. Um, But in in addition to that, uh, Paul mentioned how um, that basically uh, one of the biggest things is that Detroit, we have to stop the run. They have to stop the run kind of thing. And Aiden Hutchinson is just he's one of those guys where he's not just a pass rush specialist like you talked about. They can move him inside, which he doesn't seem like the type of guy that should be able to do that. They talked about him on um, I always listen to the PFF podcast and his biggest knock when he was coming out, they said he had short little T-Rex arms. (laughs) <laughs> and that was a knock on him and now like it doesn't seem to matter and um he just does seem like he's one of those freaky kind of guys so uh that he definitely worries me I mean the depth of that offensive line versus theirs again we talked about that the uh Tim talked about how I, I'd like to get Tim's opinion on this going in we can talk about it later but um I'm worried about Laporta and who's going to be covering him if Quay is not there, or I'm sorry. If Devondre is not there, does that mean Quay jumps into that? That means we're throwing McDuffie into a whole another can of beans. So I'm, you know, that this whole like um, domino effect from not having, let's say, one of those guys. That's why I say we, I'd rather have um, Tom and Jones, just because we've seen what we can do without the the wide receivers, and we can kind of suffice. We've seen what we can do with the cornerbacks, but I just think that the middle of that field meaning in between the tackles and the linebackers versus our running backs and that kind of stuff, that's going to be, I think, where we win or lose the game, I really do.
4: Yeah, um, you know, my immediate immediate response is you could do a little bit of bracket coverage on Sam Laporta, you know, kind of like you've seen them do um, – they, they, they did a little bit last week where they did a little cover three spinner and then they mixed in some what we would call cover one robber man-to-man where the safety – comes into the box, right? But the thing that I noticed the week before in Atlanta, when they would put Pitts in the slot, um, they would have Savage kind of bite down and play over the top. And that's what you refer to as bracket coverage. You know, you you could tell he was keying in on Pitts, right? And you had someone underneath covering him as well. And it's not that you're, hey, we're, we're putting two people on him. It's when they give this certain look, that's when they like to attack the scene. That's when they, they like to attack with a dig then you can kind of slide those guys into into position to be a factor there. But uh, Sam Laporta, man, you know, I think this might be the week. Now, here's the other thing, too, and, Tim, I'd like to get your opinion on this. One of the things that happens when you're scouting and self-scouting, like, okay, you've seen what the game plan was in Chicago. We ran a bunch of stunts, right? That's kind of how we contained Justin Fields and made him play quarterback. You go to Atlanta, you've seen minimal stunts right and and they played it a, a lot different now last week we showed a little bit more of an exotic look we ran a couple of fire zone blitzes we overloaded the right side of the offensive line and and kind of approached it that way all that's on tape now right so the lions are going back and typically what they do is watch your last two head to head matchups and your last four game saturation so they've seen these three games right and they know exactly what the green bay packers have done it's kind of been a little bit different every week though um so to to sit here and think that the detroit lions have an exact beat on how they're going to play sam laporta i don't think that's the case you know what i mean i think you can kind of choose any of those different scenarios but like paul was saying it's got to start with stopping the run and tim man that they don't have their their backs aren't performing great right now although paul did point out that jameer gibbs is averaging like 4.6 yards a carry um you know, do you do you commit to the run? Do you uh, play it safe with your your normal Fangio style defense with two on the shelf? You know that could be an option as well. The thing that gives me hope, though, Tim, is the last two meetings last year the defense played really well against the Detroit Lions, right? But how do you see all that, man? Everything that I just rambled about with Sam, <laughs> how do you how do you see that playing out, or, or what do you think would be the best approach there?
2: I mean, I'm I'm with you. I mean, stopping the run is super important and you know really (laughs) i'm just looking at all my notes here i'm trying to keep up with you guys uh mcduffie and and then we're looking at like eric wilson and i don't even know like who else do we what is our fourth option
4: (laughs) i think if i understand paul right we're only carrying three right now
2: okay so uh does that mean like Lucas Van Ness moves <laughs> there, <laughs> like, right, in a does that, you know, uh, does Luke Musgrave have to move there? Like, I mean, what, a, what do we, what do we do? But I will tell you this, it does make me feel a little bit better knowing that, you know, McDuffie's strong suit is, is the run, you know, yeah. if, if, if there's a linebacker built for the run, it's Isaiah McDuffie. So um, I think he can play pretty well against this Detroit Lions offense. Um, but, we're gonna see. It's gonna be a close game, guys. I, yeah. I really think it's gonna be tight all the way around. I mean, look at uh, you know, Paul was talking about um, Keyshawn, you know, having to deal with Saint Brown. Uh, yeah. That's gonna be one to watch. You know, like yeah. not to, not to get off topic, but I mean, guys, you know the the matchups are key. Like you always say, Clayton, and uh, we're gonna see that tomorrow for sure.
4: Yeah, no doubt about it. I think I, th- I think after kind of you know pondering it thinking it through you're probably going to see quay on laporta um you're going to see a lot of wherever laporta goes you'll see you know you notice devondre and quay would always switch right i think you're going to right. see that uh quay you know it, it doesn't get much better than quay in coverage uh, from a linebacking standpoint i'm going to try to pull up his his pff here really really quick i want to see exactly how
3: one thing too I mean, out there.
4: as far as I, pass coverage yeah his coverage grade, Jacob, is eighty point seven. He's the third highest cover uh, cover linebacker in the league. Utilize him, but you you still gotta you still gotta play that run. Maybe maybe you do a little sugar. Maybe you load the box right and deter them from running and try to get them uh, to pass a little more than they might want to against a bad run defense. Right.
2: I mean, knowing that ahead of time that Dre's not going to go, as opposed to where we were Sunday, where he just poof disappears from the game. Yeah. So certainly they're they're prepping the best they can. It's just you know it comes down to execution. Yeah, that's all it is, man.
4: And what you were saying, like who do you put back there, Van Ness or or Musgrave? Or um, the answer is definitely Big Nickel. Big Nickel all
2: day, right? I was just gonna say. Hey, you'd be you'd be really proud, Clayton. I got it. Hey, hey, Hey.
4: Hey, everybody, hold your copies up.
2: (laughs) Are we? It's like. Are we saluting? <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. No, it's it's awesome. But yeah, Jacob, big nickel, man. That that we might see a lot of big nickel. Might see a lot of Jonathan Owens this week, man.
3: Yeah, Jonathan Owens. Well, I mean, one thing that to what uh, Tim was talking about there, um, I haven't realized that Amon Ra has still been a freak this year. So he's had out of the last three games, uh, he's had at least seventy plus yards in the last two consecutive. He's had a hundred plus. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, if he's lining up in the slot, if we really do expect Keyshawn Nixon to follow him, I'm starting to kind of be a little bit worried about that. So, um, to me, that's a red flag looking up right there. Like we talked about, the middle of the field, Quay having to cover Laporta while also trying to keep track of Gibbs would be my big deal, too. Because, like we talked about, you know, normally we have Devondre and Quay. And I, I love McDuffie. He's one of my guys, one of those uh, late-round guys that I fell in love with that, <clears throat> you know, I didn't think was actually going to make the team. Some other real quick um, uh, stats: the pressure rate for the Lions overall right now is 35% for the year. Last week, guys, they had seven sacks and eight quarterback hits. So we're all excited about what we do on that side of the ball, and we should be excited because the Packers have pressured 40% of all quarterback drop this access here, uh, which is which is insane. Um, one thing we we should also keep in 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 our in the back of our minds is that Jordan Love last week. He only had one sack taken and he had a 17.8 QBP, which is a quarterback pressure rating. The normal rate for the NFL is 25. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we've been, Jordan Love looks great uh, evading the rush and learning how to move it in that pocket. But with all the stuff, we, all the smack we've been talking about, our offensive line, they still have been way above the normal grade.
4: Yeah, no doubt. John Benson, thank you for the super chat. He said, hey, c dog." This for dude turning this camera on. Go, Pat, go. Hey, Tim, turn it off and back on again. Let's see if this trick keeps working, man. Let's, <laughs> let's well, not long. No, hey, dog,
2: I like that. That's like a uh, prison Mike, right? That's yeah, just exactly. the way we're talking to Clink, right?
4: <laughs> exactly. Here we go. William King in the chat. He says, I hope that J Love completes 65% of his passes. Oh. And that will make me say he is the next great.
3: 65%, 65%. That's <laughs> what.
4: I can't get a little laugh, bro. It gets me every time. I know you are tired of hearing it. I don't care. <laughs> that
2: guy was so excited. He didn't come remotely close either.
4: Four snaps
1: in the season. It's you got like .65%.
2: We didn't even get 65% of a quarter. Hey.
1: <laughs> oh, my
4: God. Unbelievable, unbelievable. All right, let's see here what else we got in the chat before we move on to the next topic. Because, Jacob, you've got a bunch of over-under stuff like that, right, that we were going to kind of hit on? Is that is that correct?
3: Yeah, if you want to, we could do that.
4: I think that would be really cool. I'm gonna comb back through here. There was one that I had starred I want to get back to that I thought uh I think it was this one, Deadfish earlier in the chat, said um Packers' future opponents currently have a combined 14 and 28 record, only five games against teams with winning records. Schedule looks pretty kind. I'm telling you, you you get through this week and create a little bit of momentum and you go three and one somehow, some way in that first quarter of the season. Um, you're, you're sitting in a pretty good spot and I believe I've actually got it right here. Um, in the, uh, in the overlay, let me find it. I think we got the standings. Nope. I had to delete it because it was, uh, it was too vague. Um, I was going to pull it up real quick though. I want you guys to see kind of how the standings sit right now. And, uh, and as far as the NFC here, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen so you guys can see it. And really, it's wild, man, how the NFL is just so close, man. Like, it's just year in and year out. Can you guys see this? Okay, it's probably a little bit small, isn't it?
2: (laughs) I definitely all right.
4: So, essentially, what you've got is the Eagles three and oh, the 49ers three and oh. Okay, they're the only uh teams without a loss. After that, you've got the Cowboys, the Commanders, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Lions, the Falcons, the Saints. And the Buccaneers, boy, that crappy NFC South that everybody was making fun of have more 2 and one teams than anybody else (laughs) across the NFC. But right now, the Packers are sitting in first place. And this kind of surprised me. Points forced, right? Points scored, 80 points. Points allowed, 62. They've scored eight more points than the Lions have already this year and given up one point less. So I know a lot of people like to dog the defense, this, that, and the other, but uh they're actually outperforming the, the Lions statistically right now, and don't don't let the Chiefs game get in your way there. Okay, it's okay to be happy about that, but to sit here and pretend like we played as difficult a schedule as the Lions have up to this point is uh is definitely uh not true. Jacob, what do you got on the over unders, brother? Well, what are we what are we hitting on?
3: Real quick before we get to the over unders, um, could I pose this question? I got to to sit back and actually read. How how long have you gotten, or how far have you gotten into that book, Tim?
2: i just cracked it like Like
3: today okay yeah so i've had it for a couple weeks and i just now i think i'm in like chapter five or six or whatever and it's really really it's crazy how every time you read a chapter and it's it's really i mean i'm telling you guys you got to get this book because it's to the point where every chapter i sit here and i do a podcast and i'm like oh that's what the heck clayton's been talking about (laughs) all right that makes a lot more sense now and like the terminology and all that the schematics and all that so one thing I thought was super interesting, i got to highlight this and then we can move on to that if you guys are cool with that, because um, Paul Brettel, it was it all kind of bleeds together. I watched the Paul Brettel interview with Andy Herman today, and they they talked about basically um, <clears throat> how you have to stop the run and you have to get the run going, and that Detroit has the seventh most rush attempts in the NFL this year. I thought that was kind of interesting because it, it started talking about, like, we've talked about how NFL running backs are very, what's the word, not under underappreciated, especially with a contract value because they get to a certain point. In this book, they pretty much break down, and again, this is from like eight years ago now. How running backs are—you come in there, you you show what you can do within that first, you know, that initial rookie contract. You get basically one shot at getting your big money, and then after that, you get your trickle down money. You get like one year contract, two year contract, fill in kind of stuff. Um, he also then went on to talk about how in the 2012 season, Rodgers was sacked 51 times, and that the next year, in addition to having to rebolster their offensive line, they ended up drafting Bakhtiari. What they also did is that they drafted Eddie Lacy, basically in place of of having to replace like two or three offensive linemen. They just said, let's get Jerome Bettis in the backfield and just allow him to thunder punch through our would be you know breakable offensive line, and that we kind of skip a year or two of development with a guy that's so big. So I started thinking, like, is that what they wanted to do with AJ Dillon? And is that more of an indication that AJ Dillon hasn't became that back? not that our offensive line is bad necessarily in the pass blocking Avenue, but definitely we need them to be better in the run blocking Avenue. So now I'm starting to think after this year, after that evaluation, if this is the same kind of area we're trying to get to me and Tim talked about this also with the fact that it seemed like last week we were running, but nothing was happening. But then we st- we kept trying to do the play action pass. And in my opinion, the play action pass is useless because they know that we're not going to run. And if we are, it's not going to be important. There's a quote in this book that says, And I quote, the threat of the run is almost as important as the run play itself. To me, that like resonated massively with this team. If they don't even think that we're going to run when we don't have Aaron Jones, and if they even think that we are and they can stop A.J. Dillon for a two-yard gain, it really gashes all of the rest of the playbook for us. It gashes everything that we try to do with that developmental play action, with the Jets motion, anything that fakes a run. To me, it made my eyes light up and kind of be like, oh, my gosh, this is why we need a really impressive run game. I was just wondering what you guys thought about that and if it makes, um, if it makes more sense as to all of a sudden now why we maybe need to d- decide what we're going to do with Dylan next year, especially with uh, Jones, and if we need to draft another running back ASAP because now I'm starting to freak out.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no, there's no need to freak out because they're great running backs – that are drafted late in the draft every single year, okay? And that's one of the reasons why the market is so down on running backs. Um, yeah, and what Pat Kerwin goes on to talk about in Take Your Eye Off the Ball 2.0, which United Bates was asking that question, and appreciate you, Emilio, for answering for him. Um, yeah, it's it's Take Your Eye Off the Ball 2.0 by Pat Kerwin. You would not be disappointed. It, you know, it, again, it was the first book I read where I really – wanted to dive into the X's and O's, right. And go, okay, what, what's, what is this game really about when you take your eye off the ball and start focusing on all the things that are going on on the field? Um, that's when I got just completely embedded into the X's and O's and the term chalk talk. I actually got from Pat Kerwin. He was the first person I ever hear to hear say that. So it's kind of an uh, paying an homage to him, but he talks about how, I think five years before that 2012 or whatever year it was, Jacob, that people were saying the running backs are getting phased out of the game. They're getting phased out of the game. And then he points out how, okay, you got LeGarrett Blunt for the New England Patriots and they just won a Super Bowl, right? And he was the reason, the main reason that they were able to win that Super Bowl was his, uh, his playoff run there. You know, you've seen the same thing in Tampa when Tom went down there. What well, they do? They went and got Leonard uh, Leonard Fournette, right? And they're there. I think they actually might have signed Blunt at some point too. But it's all about that, uh, you know. Like I said, establishing the run and the threat of the run. We're kind of in a stalemate, though, Tim. Like with our running game struggling so bad right now. Granted, it's because Aaron Jones isn't on the field and the O line is struggling to block. I, for the first time in my life, I've kind of stepped back and been like, you know what? Maybe we do need to pass to set up the run, and that's why I was I was trying to nudge Paul a little bit. If you guys heard it in the interview, when I said, you know, Paul, what do you what do you think about going a little nitro package, right? Like like they did down in Atlanta, and then obviously Jerry Golf in LA when Lafleur was there, do a little up tempo, go a little no, no huddle, get them on their heels a little bit. To, and he wasn't having it, Tim. He immediately was like, "I think the key to this game is establishing the run." <laughs> I was like, "All right, shot it all down." But yeah, what what do you think about the the running game though, man? Do you it just it feels like it could, it's so far away right now, man? It
2: it could be both though, right? Couldn't both of those things be true? You know, like we need to run a little tempo, and we also have to establish a run game. We may they, they may be mutually exclusive, is what I'm thinking because you know, we know Matt LaFleur can scheme guys open. We yeah. we've seen it over and over again. Right. But so, usually that's receivers in the flat or downfield or underneath. What about scheming the run game a little <laughs> bit better? Uh, kind of like what you were saying, you know, like let's, um, you know, stop running into a brick wall here and give AJ Dylan, if he's going to be out there a chance to be successful. Um, but you know, if you've got bad run blocking, you've got bad run blocking, and we've got to find a way around it to move the ball. Um, you know, I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. I think you try everything until something something works, you know. you, you got to make something stick because if there's, you know, if there's no threat of a run, there's, you know, not much else is really going to work. And it's yes. going to, you know, I, I think points are going to come at a premium in this game too. I yes. really do. I don't, I don't necessarily think this is going to be, you know, 100 – hundred points on the board between these two teams or anything. I think this has all the makings of a a 28, 24, you know, 35, 27 type deal at at the most. I think this is going to be a grinder. Um, So, you know, you got to move the ball on the ground and, and screen game. We talked about that yesterday, Clayton, you know, I I'm open to it. Kitchen kitchen sink game, man, throw everything, but the kitchen sink at them, you know, just like we're going to have to do with our, our uh, defense and with our linebackers, you know, everyone's got to step up. Everyone's got to play. Um, So yeah. I don't know, man, but if we don't, if we don't have a run game, it's going to be, it's going to be a long night
3: tomorrow. Is it weird to you guys? Sorry. It, it, like Cause we look at Dylan and I think of how he should look like your thunder punchers, like your drone Bettises, who I thought was maybe one of the more underrated thunder punchers. Like his, his footwork was nimble and he knew when to lower it. Mike Allstott knew when to lower the blow. You know what I mean? Marshawn Lynch knew how to, lower with aj dylan it just doesn't seem like his feet underneath him it doesn't look like he knows when to get kind of level like he just it it's just so weird to me i've never seen a big guy even remember like brandon jacobs and i mean these guys knew how to use their body it seems like aj just doesn't understand how to throw that big body around it's just so weird
4: yeah and for me I, it's it's because how they're using it what they're asking him to do and you know I pointed out on Chalk Talk, I don't know if you guys got to watch it or not, but the RPR play, it was Patrick Taylor that was in there, right? And and I don't know if you guys noticed, but we did, we did kind of bench A.J. Dillon. That happened in the fourth quarter. Yep. Um, so you go to Patrick Taylor, and on that RPR, you know, Josh Myers completely whiffs. Like I was saying, thank God. I showed Tim actually after we went offline last night, right? Like, thank God Cam Jordan didn't stand straight up. Because if he had stood straight up, And we had handed that ball to Patrick Taylor. We're probably probably mourning his death today.
2: Didn't didn't we have a hot mic of him screaming? Yeah, he said, Oh my God. I knew, I knew, I knew hear it. So so that's basically, I think, to <laughs> Jacob's point, like maybe that's why, Dylan, like you said with his footwork, right? Like as soon as he's getting the ball, he's probably looking up going, oh, crap, oh, crap. Yeah, that's exactly and, what's happening, man. You know, the play where he like
4: stumbled the- on that third or fourth and short, whatever, third and short, I believe it was, me and Mike Wall talked about it. It's like the it was the run scheme design. They asked Royce to double the center while the center – is playing with uh, kind of a, uh, you know, a a right-to-left technique. So he had to kind of double, then turn 180 degrees and catch the mic. And A.J. seen that. Like, they hand the ball off to A.J., and as he gets the ball, he looks up. And like Mike said, everybody's saying, you're a big guy. Just hit him and fall forward. And Mike was like, you know, they're looking for a hole. They're taught to look for a hole. And when you look up and you see a mic screaming through the hole (laughs) and your right guard has his thumb up his rear end, like, right oh, sorry like and that's or is he, on the ground he immediately mid-step tried <laughs> to chop his feet and reset to try to get a little bit of an angle and then you could tell you realize i'm just going to try to submarine this thing and get under them before they hit me to get the first down um you know hindsight's 2020 but going back and looking at it i, I kind of looked at it like it's a pretty smart play by dylan just to to think i've got to get low here and try to get this first down let's just key in on that but yeah royce uh to no one's surprise, man, he absolutely crapped the bed on that play. Mike was mad, dude. Like, when we were talking, Mike, you could tell. And Mike defends offensive linemen. But Mike, Mike literally was like, I don't know what people expect A.J. to do. Like, they're trying to do too much. And it goes hand in hand with what Emilio saying here. Can we, can we give Dylan a 23 dive with the O-line blocking the man in front of him? Like, let's do that first. Let's try to block the guy in front of you on a running play. Now the problem, Jacob, like kind of what you were talking about, would take you off the ball. You you have to marry everything up for the play action to be effective. And I'm going to tell you this: I don't mean to be negative, but one of the reasons why this offensive line has such good pass blocking grades year in and year out under the floor is because most of the time when they're running play action, they're showing a zone blocking look. So you've got the you've got the defense on their heels thinking it's a run and. You know, I'm sure with PFF, they're looking at the offensive line and go, well, his guy was a non-factor. Great grade, plus two, right? That's probably what they're doing. When in all honesty, the play action is kind of what got them off tilt there. I don't know, man. It's (laughs) every week we talk about the game coming up. And in my mind, I'm trying to predict, not to have bragging rights, but I'm trying to go, okay, how is this game going to go? How do I see it go? Every single week it did not go the way I thought it was gonna go. Like, yes, the, the players that we highlighted were factors, this and, and you know, like last week. It's you if you had told me, Clayton, the game is gonna come down to this, all right? It's gonna come down to a read option, and it's gonna be a hat on a hat, and it's gonna be Jordan Love at the goal line against the Mario Davis. I go, we're screwed, and <laughs> he took the dude right. out of his jock. You right. know what I'm saying? It's like, you can't figure this thing out, you just can't. It's awesome. That's what
2: makes but, football so great, right.
4: Yeah, it stands – you know, NFL stands for not for long when you block like Royce Newman. I'm just telling
2: you. <laughs> Hello, Newman.
4: But, again, Mike was, Mike was defending A.J. Dillon, but at the same time, he was like, look at what they asked Royce to do. It was impossible, right? So, now, Josh Myers on that RPR, that was possible, okay? He just – he was out here swimming. I don't know what he was doing, man. But, uh, anyway, Jacob, hit me with some over-under, dude. Let's do this. All right. All right. Everybody in the chat, everybody in the chat, be prepared. Give us your over-under, okay? We're going to read it off. We'll try to stay on one at a time. You tell us over-under. Go, Jacob.
3: Yeah, and with this, too, I'm going to use you guys to make a bet. So, um, you know.
4: (laughs) It's all on your all shoulders.
3: I'm just going to say, if I lose my house, I'm going to blame you guys. All right, for Jordan Love, and we're doing prize picks, by the way, and this is as of like – 20 minutes ago, so these lines might move just a little bit. But um, Jordan Love, three, I'm sorry, 232 and a half pass yards. All you got to do is pick over, under. Again, Jordan Love, passing yards, 232 and a half over or under. At the moment, I currently, looking at what happened last week and how just dog, you know, what it was for the first three quarters and then when he decided to turn it on, I just feel like that this game is going to be a lot more high scoring if we even want to stay in the game. I really hope that we don't get blown out right away. But in my opinion, I'm smashing that over, but that's just me. That's how I feel on this game. What do you think, Tim? Um, Can I take like right on the nose? (laughs) <laughs> Dude, these projections are not,
2: you know Yeah, I mean, I, I my gut would say over Because um, we're going to have, you know, we talk about establishing the run But we know we're going to have to have the pass game on point So J Money's going to be throwing the ball tomorrow night So I'll take the over Yeah,
4: yeah. For, for me, I'm thinking if they shut down B. John Robinson like they did, right? And they shut down Atlanta's run game, they shut ours down There's a chance we're going to be playing from behind And, I mean, you've seen Jordan in the fourth quarter. I don't know what he finished with last week, but if I had to pick one, especially with the chance of Christian Watson and Aaron Jones being healthy, knowing how much Aaron Jones is a factor in the passing game, I think I would have to take the over there. And you you mentioned about it being a high-scoring game, Jacob. I just wanted to mention the market says the over-under is 46 points. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Let's see what everybody in the chat is saying here. Emilio, over. United Bates over. Packer up. Over. Steve is real. Over. Josh Martin says under. Mike Berry says over. Connor says over. William King over. Um, our shadows lagging. Don't know what that means. Our shadows <laughs> in the bottle tonight. That's all right. Um, <laughs> our showers. I'm sorry. Uh, Zane Strong over. So we have what? One? One that was under? One that under. Was, yeah. So I think it's pretty unanimous. We're going over. So.
3: Going over. Okay. And then, um, this one real quick, we'll get, uh, Jordan loves rushing yards, 16 and a half, which I believe that he had in just that one run last week. He had that 24 yard long run, if I'm not mistaken. So they're saying that he's going to have 16 and a half rush yards. What do you guys think over or under
4: Jordan loves 16 and a half rush yards, man, Hayden Hutchinson getting after him, Tim, going to be scrambling a little bit, right? Um, no David Bakhtiari, possibly no Zach Tom. I mean, they're going to they're gonna roll Flea out there to, to block for him, I guess. I don't know. But uh, I think I'll take the over on that. I don't know, man. Yeah. Just kind of watch them come out and jump up to a 14-point lead and we just run the ball down their throat. <laughs> Jordan passes for 85 yards if we get the dub. But uh, I'm going to go over on that one as well. Tim, what do you think? Bro? I'll,
2: I'll take the over. It could happen on one play. Uh, we might get another sideline toe-tap masterpiece again. So. I'll take the I,
3: over. I think the over easy, just like you guys said, If I, I hate to say as to why because I think he might be running for his life a little bit this last game, especially if Bakhtiari obviously isn't playing. Uh, let's go on to a couple more rapid let's, fire. let's rattle these
4: off real quick on that over over rushing. William King says over coming out, party for J-Love. Uh, said Murph says under. Mike Hebring under. David under. United Bates over. Packer up says over, over, over. Zane Strong over easy. Hey, that's, that's how I like my name too, bro. Uh, <laughs> Boz says O-V-E-R. Mike Berry over. Steve is real over. It's uh, a few more unders there. we got Emilio at under. Doug over. Yeah, that's that's a little bit closer there. But, yeah. All right, cool. Go ahead, Jacob.
3: It's like the overs are definitely predominantly on that. Let's try some, um, some lions. This one here, when I was looking up the PFF, sometimes when you look at that PFF, um, bet like an analyzer kind of thing. They give you your best bets as to which you have the best edge on. They said that the best bet of this matchup was on Ross St. Brown going under 74 and a half receiving yards. So what do you guys think about that? I'm on Ross St. Brown receiving yards over under of 74 and a half. Again, I did tell you that in the last three weeks, he's went over a hundred twice and he's been over at least 70 yards receptions uh, receiving yards in the last three weeks. For
4: me, I would say under, he was battling a little bit of injury. I think it was either week one or week two. So, you know, you never know when someone's going to aggravate that. Also, with the kind of the feeling I got that, you know, if we are playing from behind, obviously Jordan loves, I feel good about the over on passing yards, the over on scrambling, you know, and the rushing yards. So if that's the case, maybe Detroit tries to continue to run the ball, which the Packers run defense is kind of weak. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go under on that one. What do you think, Tim?
2: I agree. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. Uh because I want to be positive too. And uh
4: if St. <laughs> Brown has a
2: big game, you know, it's not gonna be good for us. So I'll I'll take the under on that one for sure.
4: Yeah, no doubt. Let's see, Zane Strong says under Josh Martin, under Mike, Mike Hebering, way over. All right. Emilio, it should be under, but it will be over. <laughs> her up. Alexander plays. It's under. Yeah, can we get a caveat here, Jacob? Is that in, in the betting there? If if yeah. Jair plays, we can we can go under.
3: Sure. Um,
4: yeah. Over, over. Yeah. Our showers agree to, that uh, good St. Brown is under. United Bates, heart says under. Brain says over. I, I can feel yeah. that.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah,
4: I think he'll be there on the offense. Yeah, I could see that too. Although Josh Reynolds is is kind of flashed a little bit on the outside, but
3: Josh Reynolds Uh, and Khalif Raymond have been decent. Uh, This one to me, I don't know why. Every now and then I see one of these stat lines and I think, oh, that's such easy money. Boom, hit bet the house. And then after that, you just, you know, understand why uh, people lose a lot of money. Romeo Dobbs, over under receiving yards is set at only 40 and a half.
4: what? (laughs) Where's my hammer at? Hammer that thing.
2: What? Okay. Come on, come on! Can we get a roadhouse for that? Yeah, we we'll need a roadhouse for that yeah, one. For one <laughs> roadhouse.
4: Thank you. Thank um, you. Red. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Yeah, um, that one I've got to go over. What are they thinking there, Jacob? How
3: does Watson coming back? Maybe they got the inside story that he's going to be Ooh. featured. In. I don't know. They got a
4: little inside, inside betting, a little inside information there, like our uh, government reading. officials. I'll leave it at that. But yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, <laughs> Jake in the house said over on the last one, but here we go with uh, our boy Dobbs. I'm assuming this is when it started, right here. Under, he got 49 last year in Green Bay. Okay, all right, look at that. Digging into somebody's cheating over there, dead fish. You get the stats pulled up, bro. Yeah, what? All right, let's see here. Uh, Boz says over. X lifeless says way over. Mike Berry, over. St. Strong, over 180 for the day. (laughs) Over 180 for the day? 180? Let me hit you with one Gentlemen, it
3: brings me to my next point. (laughs) Don't smoke crack. All right.
4: Although, I'm all about over 180. Come on, dude. Uh, Let's see. Packer up over every day and twice on Thursday. I see what you did there. Over easily, all right. We're not talking eggs there. That was Josh Martin Emilio over Steve is real over Doug. Hammer that over Jake Shavink Got to be assuming Jones Watson return, yeah. That's what we're thinking too, Jake. You're, you're doing that insider trading too, bro. I see you over there. <laughs> Mike Ebring Dobbs under with Watson back. What if Watson comes back and just freaking goes off? What if amazing. he does? He
3: comes back and has one of those three touchdowns, like just
4: <laughs> yeah, does a backflip. Pull yeah. his hand out for the rest of the <laughs> Be my luck, right? I'd be out here like this. All right, let's see here. Um, or showers. Dobbs could have the national coming out party and be the unquestioned number one. You know, that's the thing, too. You know, rising tide raises all ships, right? You get Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs out there, Jaden Reed underneath. And you know, one person we're not mentioning is Luke Musgrave, other than we're comparing him to Bambi stumbling down the field, right? Um, that would uh, that would be something. Do you have an over-under on Luke Musgrave? Jacob, did you see anything on that? I do actually, Clayton. Glad you asked.
3: As well as Don Wicks, if you want to know about that. Right now they've got Luke, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Musgrave at 36 and a half receiving yards. Oh, hammer
4: it, dude. Hammer it. It's funny. We're saying hammer it. By this time, Jordan Love should have 523. I was going to say, this.
3: it's so easy to be like, over, over. over. Uh, Tay Wicks is at 17 and a half. Oh, it's Tay now? Wait, I thought it was Don. Well, I'm trying to put some, You keep changing it, man.
1: You yeah, know, he, <laughs> not he would... rambled, but he rumbled and stumbled.
2: Donnie Dubs. Donnie Dubs. All right. Donnie Dubs. I like that.
4: Donnie, what? Donnie Dubs. Donnie Dubs. No, That's nice. Some- that definitely sounds like somebody who sells roofies behind the gas station. Bro. Jacob's just
2: about? freestyling nicknames over here. I love it. <laughs> no, man. Just
3: spitting them out. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
4: Yeah, they're saying way over, way over on it, on uh, on Musgrave. Over, over, under on Tay. Which, by the way, did you guys hear about – did you did you guys hear Devontae Adams' comments earlier today?
2: Uh, no. No. Well, oh, not context maybe. Is I this gotta, the one where he was talking about we, we don't have time to wait? Or we—is that what we're talking about? Or was that the other day?
4: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna see if I can pull it up. You guys talk amongst yourselves. Say something smart. I gotta pull this up because I usually don't overreact on stuff like this. I'm not like Jacob. I don't. I don't have my own conspiracy video uh, that we yeah. re- intro. I should say, but uh, this might be a good one to hit on real quick. You guys talk for a second there, Jake. You got any more?
2: Did you see that at all, Jacob? You know what we're talking about? That he no. was like at the locker almost. I think he was in the locker room or something. It was just after the game, and he was clearly frustrated and uh um with what's going on in uh Vegas right now. I don't know if Clayton's got it pulled up
3: yet or not. Oh, but uh, just all upset about he, it. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean he basically got coerced to go play with his best friend and then they like, just <laughs> friend off the team and then said hey well, guys, you know
2: you? you know Tay's a total pro. So I mean I, when I say frustrated I'm I'm just going with my gut. You can kind of see a little frustration in his in his eyes and in his voice a little bit, but I mean, I don't think he said anything off the wall, crazy or inappropriate, but uh, he's clearly not, not really excited about what's happening though right now.
4: So I'm seeing the video now, evidently there's a new one that dropped, but oh. yeah, basically he talked about culture. He was just like, you know, you, we're going to have to change the culture around here. I mean, it was like it, the way I took it was like, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, Tim. I like your I like your response, too, because you're a lot more level-headed than me. I'm I'm 120% Irish over here, so I get hot real quick. Um, but to me, it sounded like he was saying, like, nobody in this organization knows how to win. Like, that's the way I took it. It was just like, you Wayne, know, we have to establish. A Wayne, are you
3: unwrapping a noun later to put in your mouth?
4: No, no. What we have here, Jacob, is about six rappers where I've already <laughs> <Yes. owned. laughs> I was Where'd over you? with Alberto going it's gonna be like if you put in an hour later an hour later they've got my they've got my heart i can't believe i can't find that video i know Kay adams had it but (laughs) golly it's driving me crazy man because i I really wanted to uh to share that dude
2: they clearly do need a culture culture change there though i I mean but then again like i don't know the the raiders have kind of had uh their their culture's kind of been the same you know, these last, uh, few decades. I mean, Raider football is Raider football.
3: Just draft them yeah. fast. Don't matter. Yeah. Get them fast. Just yeah. win
2: baby. Right. Well, it's fine when you're winning, but <laughs> when you're not, you know, and come on Devante's, you know, again, we talked about this a few weeks back. He's arguably the, still the best receiver in the national football league. I mean, there's,
3: that's why I, know, when you watch that, um, aren't the Raiders the one that for whatever reason they kicked the field goal when they needed what was it
2: oh yeah they were were ready to fire uh
3: McDaniels uh,
2: McDaniels yeah Yeah, well the fans you
3: know that's what you know fans do right we we analytically wasn't it like the dumbest thing you could have done at that point like you needed the points anyways so you decided to kick the field goal and then you still yeah. had to go back and score the points anyway, so it's like yeah. Wow.
2: And I think they were mad because that that would drive. I I did catch a little bit of that game. They had They had momentum.
3: Like they were yeah. hitting. They, yeah.
2: like Tay had a two or three catches on that drive. They yeah, were It was
3: unstoppable. He caught like, huh? like thirteen balls or whatever, like that. It was insane.
2: Poppy as his quarterback. Yeah, I mean that. That it's amazing to me, and you could see. I, I was telling Clayton off, offline the other day uh, Adams would have had probably another touchdown and you know 25, 35 more yards if Garoppolo was throwing in rhythm. You know, there were balls that were low and behind him too, and then every once in a while he'd, he'd get a good target. But uh, oh, is that we it? You right, find so it? There so we, we
3: go.
4: If you guys can hear it here, all right, here we go. You know,
3: it's not a personal thing, I mean, it is a personal thing, but. It ain't just about me, but, I mean, it's not my mentality to sit here and try to take all season to figure it out. You use these early games like this to establish identity, and we are, we're not doing things the right way to, to establish a winning culture um, early in the season, so we got to do something to, to turn that around.
4: So, <laughs> I don't know, man. I Maybe I'm wrong, but I took that as the coaching staff's going to have to change something because, you know, it's just not working. Um, now, immediately – Michael Lombardi came out and gave his, you know, Michael Lombardi doesn't throw things around like this very often either, but he gave his six teams that might be a landing spot for Devontae Adams. Now, why is that? Why am I keying in on that? Michael Lombardi's son is a coach for the Oakland Raiders, or the Vegas Raiders, I should say. So it's like, why would he throw that out there? You know what I mean? I don't know. Just something to keep an eye on. And again, maybe I should just maybe I maybe I should give myself one of these, Jacob. I probably should. You ready? Whoa,
3: whoa.
4: I can't believe I out-conspiracied you tonight, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Am I, chat, help me out here. Am I being crazy with this? You guys heard it. Jacob, what's your takeaway? You think I'm overreacting there?
3: No, I mean, clearly he I, – I think what we're seeing is that um, both Rodgers and Devontae left, and they're eating humble pie when they walked around. They thought the grass is going to be greener or the AstroTurf or whatever the heck they got over there in Vegas. Um, <laughs> and he went – they both went over there, and they thought – and they saw, oh, my gosh, like these organizations are absolute – you know what shows i mean we've all had that i think if you've ever left a job went to a different job if you've ever left like a you know a team went to a different team and you're just like this is way worse this isn't a good good thing um it's just i think you understand that all of a sudden you realize that um the structure that you were brought up in maybe the people that were placed around you all of the facilities you had the the support the media you realize like, oh man, this is because in Wisconsin, Green Bay, I'm sorry, but that's the cream of the crop because everybody, it's like, it's the pinnacle. It's not, you know, we're not a big city. We're not a a Vegas, a Chicago, a New York. We're in the middle of nowhere, ho dunk, you know, and it's it's a good thing because that means that like we treat that with the respect it deserves. The facilities I know are second to none, all that kind of stuff. I talked, uh, I, I read some stuff about how, I think it was the Arizona Cardinals, how horrible they're like workout conditions are how horrible a lot of the uh, facilities and a lot of these uh, different organizations are that like when you get drafted or when you go and the, if your family comes they have to like pay for their own food and this kind of stuff like there's just there's different little things um i think there was a gm article out there that rates the organization what their facilities are like what it is to have your family there what it is to like provide um, all sorts of like amenities for them and the green bay ranks consistently in the top two like every single year no matter what and you got other organizations like these crap ones that you would never think of way down at the bottom and you realize that people go there and their careers suffer and ultimately maybe even die because they just get burnt out of playing football because it's not fun yeah
4: you know? so check this one out i just stumbled onto this on twitter um, I don't know if you guys can see it or not, but I'll read it. Uh, Wesley Steinberg tweeted out, An anonymous player for the Jets threw a football at head coach Robert Sala's head in practice earlier today. And a sure. small brawl broke out uh, before players and coaches stepped in. Things were falling apart in New York. And this is my boy Jason Ward. He's an awesome follow on Twitter. Look at look at this. <laughs> 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 so he on the pod? It says he's got a couple stick figures. One with the Jets logo. <laughs> Someone's downfall happening. But me watching because I prayed for it.
2: <laughs> Anonymous player. Well, we know it wasn't Zach Wilson, you know, because that ball wouldn't have been on target.
4: Oh, hey, Zing, it. Zing it with one. Um, I don't know what we can? Here we go. Huh? A- there it is oh, <laughs> Josh Martin in the super chat here. He says, well, before the season, there were reports that Tay was open to rejoining the Packers. Maybe not going to happen.
2: Not going to happen. <laughs>
4: Maybe Tay is starting to speak out to get out. You know, uh, what would it take, man? What would it take? What did, I don't even remember that trade. feels like it was 10 years ago. What did we, what did we get for Devontae Adams? So Tim's like, a, don't right? look, Don't even talk about this. Look at Tim's face. <laughs> That's why I wanted you on camera, bro. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> what was it we got, Jacob? You remember? I
3: thought it was the second, wasn't it?
4: Was it just a second? May have been. Second. I think it was. Might have been a swap. Wasn't there a swap of? No, that was never mind. It was Jess. Anyway, God, there's so much trading going on here lately. It's crazy. Yeah, as far as his his uh,
3: his salary. Of- That's crazy.
4: Yeah, I, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was a first and second. Um, so the salary cap ramifications, you know, as we learned with Rogers, that can be finagled, right? That can be moved around as the jets made it work when they had, you know, very little salary caps. So, um, with that being said, though, I don't, I don't see it happening. That's not the direction Goody's going in. Now, listen, if he said, I want to play in green Bay and, and the Raiders call green Bay and said, Hey, look, we'll take a third round pick for him. And, Tay said, hey, I'll, I'll restructure the deal to where it's very affordable. Of course you would, but I just don't see that being the case. I think Tay would want to go to a definite contender, not that the Packers aren't, but I don't think anybody would put them in that top five list right now. But, again, it's just something something to keep your eye on. I was kind of – uh, that kind of took me off guard there uh, for sure. But, Josh Martin, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. We appreciate it. All right, what else we got, Jacob? You got any more over-unders, anything like that, or are we we ready to roll here?
3: I mean, I, I could, but I think we – Pretty much exhausted. We're at the almost an hour 20 mark. So, yeah.
4: Yeah. And right here, uh, we got in the chat, uh, X Lifeless says, don't need the cap hit and lose all the draft capital. No yeah. doubt. I don't know what the draft capital would be, but it's just, uh, like I said, just something that kind of popped up. Look at this right here. What was really, really, Paul? Paul, you're going to tick us off right before this thing's over? Whoa. I said Devontae Wyatt and Christian Watson for Tay. I'll do that all day.
3: Mm. No, that's what we got in exchange, basically, the picks.
4: Oh, got you. Yep. Thank you for saving that, Jacob. I, was like, hey, I you want, want to
3: fight. You want to fight?
4: Yeah. <laughs> what in the world? I was like, whoop, whoop, yeah, Come on, dude.
0: All right. Yeah, we're, we're going not going
2: to undo the trade, right? <laughs> the, we're not going to undo the upgrade. Yeah, right. Because really, he's right. Run it back. Because <laughs> really, he's right, though. He's right, though, right? Yeah. That's what the trade was,
4: yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They're not
4: pretty good, right? I mean, when you really think about it, Devontae White and Christian Watson for Tay. Now you could, yeah, I guess technically that were that was the picks. You're right. You're right. So good stuff, man. We got the first that was Quay, and the second they traded for Watson is, is what someone else says. So uh run it back to take Dax Hill is what Jake Shavink says. <laughs> it's always draft season, baby. It is always draft season. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Jacob, what else you got, man? What's your parting thoughts here as we head into the game tomorrow? First of all, are you gonna be on the post-game show tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, of
3: course. Yep. All right. Yep. Yeah.
4: Parting thoughts, dude. Parting thoughts. And you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put y'all on the spot. I want a game score prediction. Everybody in the chat, fire yours off too. What is your prediction, Jacob? You go first because you're the Wally veteran here.
3: Tim's a It's gonna be 24-17 Packers. It's gonna come Ooh. down one last, um, one last possession that the Lions will have, and the Packers are gonna make a stop. That's what's gonna happen?
4: All right, 24. Yep. All right, Tim, what you got, buddy?
2: I'm going 31 to 24 Packers. Ooh,
4: 31 to 24 Packers. I like it. I like it. So according to that, both of your all's numbers 30, they'd be what uh 30, 41. So they would be under the 46, according to Jacob. And Tim is saying they're gonna go over it. Hmm. I'm going to say it's a close one, a real close one. And I'm going to say it's a little bit low scoring, okay? Okay. I'm going to say 21 – I'm going to go 21-17 Packers. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say the defense is going to show up. Yeah, they, play, they played the Lions offense really well last couple couple times they played, especially there that last one. Man, we should have won that game. Should have been in the playoffs too. But yeah. uh, let's see what the chat says here real quick. Packer up says 28-17 Packers. um let's see 28 17 packers there look at that 31 28 packers everybody's picking the packers of course so we'll just read the score 24 21 42 24 zane i hope you are right my friend yeah no yo look at that 31 19 pack defense showing up big time um josh Josh martin 35 14 ugly game tomorrow night paul that's kind of how i'm feeling too man Ugly game tomorrow night. Nineteen sixteen Packers squeak one out. That's kind of what it feels like to me
2: too. But uh, all
4: right, cool. Tim, parting thoughts, buddy.
2: Um, defense, defense, defense. Like I always talk about. Um, I know we we've got our issues with uh, injuries, uh, both sides of the ball. But you know, our defense has got to get it done. And I keep looking at the question marks with Jair, and we have to remember even Valentine is a question mark. So, look for Valentine and Keandre Thomas. Possibly, I believe Paul was Paul Bretto mentioned that earlier uh, would be the next guys up, so to speak. Um, so I'm rooting for my defense tomorrow, guys. Uh, go, Pat. Go! I'll be in the building. Twelve sixty five. I'll be there. All
4: right, my man. My man. Where are you sitting at? What? What roughly? What section?
2: section? One eleven.
4: One eleven. Nice.
2: Row, field? row six. Row six. Row five. Something like that. On the field. Yep. My man gonna be down there in the action, dude. That's yeah, what man. right. Right by the goal line. Yeah.
4: Jake Shavink in the chat said 23, 21 lines. Ooh. Damn oh, weed. Stop. Stop. We, we do not need that negativity, Jake. Oh if,
2: if it was anybody else that would have said it, I just got oh. He just forgot to put Packers after 23. 21. That's all that Are was. It's probably just a typo. Yeah.
4: Look, we got people countering it right here, though. Look at look at Budnick, <laughs> Packers fifty-two, Lions twenty-four. My gosh, hey, look everybody. At
3: Tiago. Look at Tiago. Listen to us from Portugal.
4: From Portugal, man.
3: Yeah, dude. That's I need to travel, cool.
4: boys. I need to travel. Tiago, Tiago got to ask you a question. Then we're getting off here. Hopefully, you can answer in time. What is like the number one dish over there? The food, man. What's what's the go-to Portuguese? Dinner plate, man, what's on it? And you're probably gonna to have to
3: explain it. Brats and sauerkraut, right? <laughs> I was thinking She's cheeseburger. burger. So She's like cheese curds. <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
4: All right. Hopefully he can answer it in time. We'll start to wrap up. If you guys see it, let me know. Um Outside, Thiago. Yeah, so here's the deal. Tomorrow we may go live a little early. I don't know. It depends on how close the game is. What I would like to see happen, Jacob, with it being a late game. Um, and, Tim, if you can hop on, great. If not, man, please don't put yourself out. I know you got family coming in, all that good stuff. Um, but if you want to call in, it's totally cool. What I would like to see happen is the Packers have that thing, you know, couple score lead, and we could go live in the fourth quarter, Jacob. I think that'd be fun. You know what I mean? Like coming down the street. As long as you're not adding stress to me, bro, okay? Because I know how you watch games. You'd be over screaming and the whole time. Yeah, I know how you are. That's how I
2: watch games too now, so it's it's okay, it's all right, Jacob. We'll we'll be each other's game therapy. It's fine.
4: Exactly. All right, we got a super chat from Mike Hebring as we uh, get out the door. I'm hoping our I'm hoping our boy uh, Tiago can can comment in time. Mike Hebring says if 29 gets the 65%, they will. What does that say? Score 54.
3: Score 54.
4: Got it. Okay. All of 29 gets to. T- I ain't I ain't doing 65% again, boys. I'm sorry. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> I ain't. I my- oh, you guys man. out here prostituting me for this 65%? I don't mean, know what's going on. This ain't my first rodeo. All right. Our boy hasn't commented yet. Jacob, if you see it while it's playing, we'll stop. There the it is.
1: All
4: right. Here we go. He said, There's a lot, man. Very good fish and meat.
3: I'm not good. saying that, good luck,
2: Clayton. Good yeah. luck. Go for Bacala, it.
3: Bacala de bros. Like
4: bras? This is a family show, pal. Cozido, eh, all right. We don't know how to say it in English. Well, I don't know how to read it in English, bro. <laughs> I don't know how to read it. <laughs> it. to the club. We, I, I can't copy and paste that either. That's what sucks. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's going to go back and watch this, and I need you to comment on this video. I'll get the notification, I'll see it. And Describe to us what that is. As a matter of fact, um, yeah.
2: I think the posse can translate it for us. Yeah. Cheesehead, where's Cheesehead yeah. Murphat? Murph That's what we
4: need. <laughs> Our showers. We do need to do a Nashville meetup, man. That'd be fun. Some good barbecue. Some real barbecue. Not that Our fake showers. Texas barbecue.
3: What's <laughs> that? <laughs> I lived in Nashville for five years. Our showers. Where are you at?
4: Hey, Jacob, what do you think about Tennessee barbecue compared to other barbecue? Do you think it's legit? Yeah. It's... No, that you no no he didn't sell us, did he, Tim? Do you see that? Yeah, I just saw it. Like,
3: it's it's kind of the a look I
4: get from Mandy when I when I ask her, "Are you still attracted to me?" She goes, "Yeah." <laughs> Way to <laughs> go. All right. <laughs> Our hours. I'm not reading it, but I will share it. Tiago described. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, oh my gosh! Get out of here, it's
4: off the rails. Okay. Appreciate everybody in the chat. You guys were awesome. Let's give a quick little special shout out to all of our super chats. John Benson, thank you, buddy, doubling up there. Josh Martin, Mike Hebring, you guys are the real MVPs. We really appreciate it. Um, keep in mind, we will update the wheel of names, uh, and uh, we're going to plan on spinning that thing next Sunday. So, guys, all the YouTube members, um, and if you're listening to this and go, hey, man, I'd like to win a free autograph jersey, make sure you're, you're a member of the YouTube, uh, YouTube member group the PTA Posse, you can join right here on our homepage on YouTube. So Tim, so good to see you on camera, buddy. I'm excited about this year, having you having you with us live and in person like that. Jacob, always appreciate your help, man. You are you are awesome, dude. You've been an awesome right-hand man, there's no doubt about it. So, thanks everybody in the chat for those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go back, go.
0: The power sweep.
2: Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our, in our offense.
1: You tell the tackle, take the defensive end, if he's over, if he's you drive down the first man who's inside. He'll pull back, you
3: tell him, makes take the first man outside, the offense out No one shows, you right by them and field him back. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. look at this play what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley